In today's episode, we have two amazing guests that we're honored to call friends as well. We have Lucerne and Daniela Dieu, who are going to talk about real estate, their journey, relationship, mindset. Um, we're going to dive deep into things. So stay tuned and check out this next episode. Welcome to another episode of Same Page. I am Ninal Semejis, and this is my lovely wife. Sarah Semejis. And today we're really excited to have two young real estate investors in here, right here in Ottawa, Yukon and Danilia Dieu. Uh, so thank you a lot for joining us. And uh, how about you just, uh, before we get started, just, uh, just, just tell our audience a little bit about yourselves. Like, give us a little backstory. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, sure. So we're both uh, born and raised in Montreal. Uh, we've known each other in Montreal, but we didn't talk that much then. Um, and uh, we've met again here. Long story short, we got married and then <laughs> and uh, started, you know, life together. And uh, we are we realized that we're high achievers and we absolutely need to have a project going on to be happy in our couple. So um, yeah. we found real estate as one of those many projects we have. Mm -hmm. um, we also have a son. He's four. Um, what else can I add? Well, um, we do like to travel a lot, oh, yeah. right. and um, we also, uh, like, like you said, we like to have projects on the go. Um, I think it keeps us busy and it keeps us looking uh, forward instead of looking sideways. <laughs> and um, yeah, she, I think she pretty much touched on everything. Um, I do like, we do like sports. Uh, even though she doesn't like to admit it, but she likes sports too. <laughs> Don't admit it. <laughs> on TV every Sunday, all day long. Yeah, she gets to watch all the games and all the football and all the hockey, yeah. tennis, golf, name it. Mm -hmm. uh, this is part of the equation. Yeah. And um, we love real estate as well. And mm -hmm. the other thing we are really keen into is uh, developing ourselves and adding uh, more to our knowledge base so mm. we can move forward um, in the different things we have going on. Okay. Daniela, you said something. You said, um, well, you both said that, that you, like, you guys like to have a project on the go. Mm -hmm. um, and how did this project become real estate? Because project could mean anything, right? So how did you guys fall into, you know, the real estate projects? <sighs> He doesn't like it when I say this, but it's kind of a funny story. I mean, we initially, we like we had a, a condo when we yeah. first got married. And then we had that wonderful, wonderful idea to sell it, to go live in an apartment in order to pay off all our debts. That was like crazy at the time. But anyways, we did that. We read a book. Um, I think it was from Dave Ramsey. Yep. Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, okay, the, the, the whole thought, the whole thinking is you have to snowball your debts and then pay them off as quickly as possible or whatever. So we tried to do that. And then at some point he came back home scratching his head and he's like, you know what? 
at the pace we're going at, we're never going to have enough money to pay for a down payment for our house. So we need to think outside the box. This is not working. We'll be like 40 years old, still trying to save up for that down payment. So that's when we um, decided to, well, he decided to um, contact a coach. Mm-hmm. And that coach um, made us basically think outside the box, uh, have creative ideas to come up with ways to uh, to acquire our first home. <laughs> so uh, we did that. And I have to admit, back in the days, I was so scared. Like, I was so scared of everything. I was risk adverse. So he had to convince me. He was getting the coaching. He came home with the ideas and tried to convince me that this was the way to go. Mm-hmm. And until we were, um, like, faced with, like, we told our landlord that we didn't want to renew. And... Um, at some point, like towards the end of the lease, we realized that, okay, we have nowhere to go. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not ready to buy a house. So that was the first step that we had to take. So we, um, it put, it put us outside of our comfort zone. We had to ask friends, um, can we like stay somewhere? Like we're homeless basically after the 1st of July. So we had to um, live at our friend's apartment. Yeah, we had to sublet. Yeah, we had to sublet an apartment and that's where we were like, okay, this is real. We need to to get moving. And uh, he started, like at that time I was, we already had our son, we already had Derek. Yeah. Yeah, so he was, walking around Ottawa trying to find the perfect home for us and then we had this wonderful idea of you know what we're gonna purchase a home and uh house hack so someone else will help to pay (laughs) for the the mortgage because at that point we really needed to be living in Ottawa um and that's how it all started we just started to think about ways to think creatively and get our first home. And then it kind of rubbed on me and rubbed on him. And now we're like, okay, we should find another one. And then another one. Yeah. Yeah. So basically we really had to be on the hot seat so we could take action to make it to the other side. And this is what we did. And uh, once we pulled a plug on uh, renting, uh, that's when, we were like, well, we need to find a solution. And we did come up with that solution and it worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. And back to your question, Sarah, I think um, this is what was the foundation of when we decided to start investing besides all the coaching and understanding the numbers and all uh, the structure behind it. Uh, that's really in a nutshell, the story of why we started. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like, so just a little context. So Luke and I, we used to work in the same department together. And I remember when he came to me and he was telling me how he, how he was seeking uh, coaching uh, when it came to real estate, because we'd always just talk about various things at work, right? Um, but one thing that I always, um, always admired about you um, at that time is, is because, especially for me, like I wasn't ready for coaching at that time. And then here you were seeking coaching. So what was it? that kind of propelled you to seek coach, to seek mentorship, to seek coaching um, in a, like in a capacity where, um, cause a lot of people are reluctant to seek for coaching for one and for two to actually, actually pay for it also. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, well, what, so, so, so what was it about that, that made you, that, that propelled you to do that? Well, um, seeking coaching was really when first I realized that selling the condo we had was a mistake because at that time um, we could have just rented it and gone somewhere else, but we decided to liquidate it. And there I was uh, expensing my living in, into an apartment and I could have been making some money on the other side. So when that happened, I realized that, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I need to talk to people and a coach, someone that will point me in the right direction. So that was the beginning of it. And then after that, seeing and hearing store success stories and like, hey, I think it's not that far of a reach. So maybe we should start walking that path and see what could be possible for us. And from there, I mean, just getting out of that comfort zone and um, asking, asking around, asking people. And what I've came to realize is people want to help. Mm-hmm. If you ask for help, people are going to help you. So yeah. asking around was really was really a big thing. And when I realized that, especially in Ottawa, um, pe- people are just genuine and just helpful and very friendly. So I kept pursuing that and I kept doing the same thing. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's typically the people who are succeeding who want to help other people, you know, get there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I haven't met maybe in terms of time constraints. Some people are like very too busy if too many people come up to them. But most people who are doing well and see somebody who wants to uh, succeed as well, they, they want to help them out. They want to, you know, give them as much as they can to for them to get in that position. And I think that comes with a switch in mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Because it has to be an abundance mindset where, you know, like I could still teach you to fish. I know there's going to be enough fish in the sea for everyone, right? I don't have yeah. to keep all the secrets to myself. So that's really, yeah. that's really cool that you said that. Um, so I'm going to go back when you guys said that you had to move into a friend's apartment and sub- sublet. Um, I can only imagine what that does to your relationship. You know, your, your, your owners, you decide to sell and now you're renting um, somebody's apartment. And then in a few months you are going to be homeless. Right. Um, So what was that conversation like? Um, What was that time period like for you guys as a couple? (laughs) Well, um, in our case, it's, it's a, it's a, okay. So (laughs) it's it's complicated. It's complicated, yeah. but um, I can say I can that see, like you're like Bobby was like, oh, snap. <laughs> I don't want to remember this time because there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it, and there's a lot of emotion that were involved. And um, I think where it really started is when Derek was born. Derek was born with a condition, and he had to undergo a heart surgery. So that happened, and we were in the hospital for like four or five months straight. Mm-hmm. So we, I think the, the agreement for the, for the sublet was ending during that time. So we had to find a place to stay while we were still in hospital. So 
the dynamic in the, in the relationship was very tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, emotions were running very high. Yep. You have a newborn son with a condition and um, you need to find a new place. So it sure sounds, I mean, we're smiling now, but at the time we were really, uh, we're more cringing, if I can say. Um, but uh, in the relationship, the conversation was really, um, if I can say, um, emotional. It was also, um, it needed to be to the point. It needed to be fast because there was other files and other topics we needed to talk about. Uh, for example, our son's health, um, work, and at the time, because we had to be in the office, um, then we need to talk to our supervisors, yeah. our managers, and stuff like that. So the conversation was difficult, emotional. But um, to touch back on Daniela's point earlier, when we talk about having a project, that was a huge project. So mm-hmm. we're, we're always able to join forces in order to push forward in the right direction and um, hit home with uh, the different goals we have. We always say we're like the best teammates when the seat is hot. <laughs> we're the best, best teammates ever. <laughs> and then when projects are done or like things start to calm down, we're like, hey, you're there. And I don't like <laughs> So we start bickering and we're picking at stuff that really don't make sense but uh, right. when the seats are hard and we had like to look for a house we had to decide whether we would live on the Gatineau side because it's cheaper on the or the Ontario side for health um, the health services um, and like I mean so many things were, were going on we found a way to I don't know how to explain this but we kind of found a way to communicate without ripping each other's heads mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's important <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah it went well i don't know how we did it but yeah communication. yeah communication is really key and um i'd say when when one person is uh very emotional <laughs> try to wait for your turn to be emotional don't yeah. be emotional at the same time mm-hmm. and <laughs> You kind of have to recognize yeah. that. And Absolutely. our experience is what it really taught us. I mean, you can have your moments. You can also choose when you have your moments. Yep. So whenever we realized that, it, the conversations got a little easier. And uh, one thing that was really important also is to be there for the other person when they need support, right? Yeah. Um, being into a relationship is, it, there's a lot of emotions involved. So um, if I if I need to rely on somebody, it's going to be my partner, my emotional partner, my, my mate, right? So yeah. that's what uh, this situation really taught us. That's crazy. You know, you want to go ahead? No, you're okay. You're okay. No, um, you guys touched on so many points and, um, and specifically on the relationship part, mm-hmm. because there's, you know, just having, you know, a newborn son going through heart surgery is in itself something that a lot of people haven't experienced and wouldn't even know how to 
you know, handle that. And, you know, when you're dealt certain cards, you just figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I took my hat to you guys for, you know, um, dealing with it together because a lot of times when there's like so many things going on, not just, you know, your son's health, but also you're going to be quote unquote homeless in a bit. And, and, um, it's, it takes a, a power couple to get through that together, whether it's, it's, it's not pretty, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty, but as long as both of you guys are committed to getting through it mm-hmm. together and that's what makes it work. So, um, definitely kudos to you guys for, for sticking through that and, and, um, and then continuing to grow your wealth and not kill each other in the, in, <laughs> in, the, process. in the process. In the process, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. um let's talk about that project that infamous project that i think uh, maybe a few people know about but maybe not all our audience um i'm referring to the one during covid you guys were doing um i think a secondary dwelling unit lasted a while so talk to us about how you found it maybe share the numbers if you want um the challenges that you faced and how it ended up um so how we found it, it was on a snowy Sunday in December when, when you think no one is looking at the market. And at the time, um, I don't think people, I mean, not as much people are looking at the market. So um, it was on in December and it was December 2019, if I recall. And um, our realtor calls us and he says, you need to be looking at this. And I was on the computer looking at the deal and he's calling me at the same time. And I'm saying, well, we're looking at the same thing and it looks like it's a good candidate for what we were trying to do. So um, we look at the listing and the listing is no delayed offers. We run to the property and look at it and it's the perfect candidate. It it's going to be working fantastically. The numbers look great. I think at the time they were they were asking for about four fifty. We mm-hmm. came down to maybe four thirty, mm-hmm. um, and that's before COVID, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, There's no four hundreds yeah. in Ottawa anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we ended up uh, buying the property at four thirty, and uh, closing was mid-January 2020. So between the offer process and closing, we work on the deal, make sure everything happens. And um, then we close and it it was kind of like everything was going well. Yeah. Like we submitted to the city for permits. We got it in less than a week. Um, Yeah, it was it, it was unheard of. Mm-hmm. So we said, all right, well, we got the keys, um, we give it to our contractor, papers are signed, contract is ready to go, funds are ready to go, and then let's go for, let's move forward with the project. Demolition is starting, and then March 2020 happens, and every the world shut down. Yeah, yeah. The world literally shut down, and nobody really knew uh, what to do. What, what do you do? Well, you're not allowed to go this place. Everything is closed and we have a project going on. And I think this project made us realize how other, how contractors, they don't only have your project on the go. Exactly, right? 
They never do. They they have other projects and COVID really put it really highlighted the fact that people choose um, the the project that brings in more revenue. Yeah, uh, so, so our contractor um, had to take care of other projects, but we were fortunate enough that he stuck to his word. Mm-hmm. He signed the contract. He said he was going to do the project. He's not. He didn't leave us. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave us stranded. He, he he still kept pushing, even though he had guys that were on the CERB. Yeah. yeah. So, so so guys that were on CERB. So, yeah. Sometimes we would go to the property, and he was the only the only one. person working. The only one. Project. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think the one that really impressed me is when um, it was time to drywall and uh, mud and tape. He's a general contractor now, but his original trade was taping and drywalling. Mm-hmm. So he had to pull up his sleeves and. He did the whole job by himself. Wow, that's a big job. It's a it's a huge job, mm-hmm. and I'm forever thankful because um, even though the project went from a six month project to eleven months, mm-hmm. uh, the numbers did not look the same. A renovation that was supposed to be under two hundred thousand ended up costing us two hundred and fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, well. After 11 months, it still works out that the numbers make sense. The property is still cash flowing. Now, we did leave some money in the project. Mm -hmm. The beauty of secondary dwelling units is that 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 kind of event, you can recoup that money down the line in three, four, five years. So it's not money lost. It's just you can't access it right now. Exactly. If your project is cash flowing and um, you know that you're able to get your money back down the line, well, um, good for you, right? Yeah, right. And um, so for that for that project, I think um, if we touch back on our points, I mean, to the foundation of when we started, we were on the hot seat again. Mm-hmm. You were on the hot seat again. You yeah. have a project that is empty, sitting vacant, and nobody, there's no revenues coming in, mm. and you need to convince your contractor to come to work. Mm. Um, you need to convince the lenders that the project is going to be completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to convince yourself that it's going to be completed <laughs> as well. Yeah. So um, at times it was really discouraging. I can mm-hmm. say it was really discouraging at times because there was nobody. Like nobody, and um, like I said, our contractor really uh, came through came through on this project for us. And uh, at the end, I think we also came to realize that COVID had an impact on appraisals, refinancing. Everything was super slow, um, so we ended up closing on that project and uh, renting it out, and it's uh, working really well for for us now. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Yeah, because I I remember you guys going through that project. I remember actually walking through it and seeing and seeing the end result after those long eleven months. And so, what have have has those 
um, that your previous experience through whether it's real estate, life experience or whatnot, what were you able to stem from those things to get you through that, that tough period right there with that project? Um, the first thing that comes to mind, it's building relationships with the people you work with. Mm. Uh, because behind the mortgage broker, the realtor, the contractor, behind all these titles, there are people. Yeah. And it's important to connect with them because um, sometimes they're probably going through something as well. Mm. And instead of um, instead, instead of accusing and picking a fight with them, maybe it's, it's, it's good to understand what are they going through? Mm -hmm. And, um, is there something maybe you can do to help them? Yeah. And from there, maybe we can join forces in order to tackle what needs to be tackled so everything can move forward. Awesome. So um, re that's really what came out from my experience was really relationships and you need to build those and really nurture those and get people to know you and not be afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just like, hey, I, I need your help. Can you help me please? Yeah. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. You, you go to people and tell them the truth and right. tell them this is what's going on. And um, then um, you'll be able to get better results than just going formal and using, well, we have this contract and you should respect the contract, da, da, da. No, I think it's not the right way. So uh, to answer your question, really, it's uh, relationships. Mm -hmm. I say up to this point, like this experience has made us like we're friends now oh, with yeah. our contractor. We're, oh, we're yeah. friends with okay. the mortgage work. So, so when we talk to each other, I don't feel like, yes, of course, it's business, but we also have a friendship so that the next time I call and I say, hey, I have a project you want to come and see to my contractor, he comes right away and like we're walking through and he's giving his experience, his, like, his experience, what he thinks about the property. Yes, it's a good deal. No, it's not a good deal. And that's all because of the experience that we've, we've, uh, we've had with him through, during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that goes for every other trades, right? Yeah. Uh, realtors, mortgage yeah. brokers. Yeah. Um, we've built relationships with them that when we call, it's, yeah. it's, it's a business call, yes, but it's a friendship call mm -hmm. as well. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I feel like even in this one project, you guys probably have a lot more experience than somebody who bought maybe a 20 unit, but everything went smoothly. Just because of the experience that you go through, um, I think, you know, uh, bumps on the roads are definitely things that you can utilize for future projects. So that gives you a lot of wisdom mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, tools in your kit to move forward with different um, projects. So um, now, as it stands, that process is complete. You guys are just a bo old, boring couple. You know, now you bicker all the time. Uh, so what's next? What are you guys looking for? Or do you have anything on the go? Well, um, we recently put in an offer on a 10,000 square feet lot uh, close to the Blair Station. Um, we're, we're still debating what will be the highest and best use of the property mm -hmm. we're still looking for our 
own home because we're still house hacking at this time. So maybe we could move into it. Maybe it could be an extension. Maybe it could be a teardown and rebuild. There are a lot of options um, considering the size of the lot and considering the location. So right now we are working on closing that deal in uh, January, 2022. So we're, we're done fighting for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> until the next one, until downtime, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. You guys, you guys are a gem. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated this conversation. I think our audience will find a lot of value in um, this conversation. Um, Oftentimes, I find that some, some people reach out to us and they want to know how to reach, you know, our, our guests. So please tell us or tell them how they can reach you on mm-hmm. social media. Social media, you can uh, look us up on uh, LED properties, uh, LED underscore properties on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and I respond fairly quickly. And uh, Sarah, you can also put my email in uh, the comment section in uh, the recording and uh, this is where people can uh, connect with us awesome thank you so much um there you have it guys so lucan and daniela thank you so much for this conversation Mm -hmm. we've um, gained a lot of value from it and i'm sure um, our audience have as well um do you want to close it off let's close it off uh so yeah so once again don't forget to like comment and subscribe to this channel and if you have any questions for our guests, please feel free to provide comments for that. And until next time, everyone. Thank you. And don't forget to live your truth.